Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first legitimate episode of Citizen Hank, a King of the Hill discussion podcast. I'm I'm Jory, introducing the first time I'm introducing a podcast that I regularly do. I just realized that I don't do that on my other two regular <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> How does it feel? Do you feel powerful? I, I feel I feel in control. Like <laughs> I can do anything. <laughs> and uh for for this this first one i'm joined by my good internet pal chris yep i'm i'm chris hello how's everyone doing it's it's the person who who enabled me to do this so I'd... yeah i'm really i'm really honored that i was able to pave the way for this and also that i get to be on the first episode as a result so yeah some good deeds do get rewarded <laughs> so I'm, since since this is the first episode with you on, and this is what I'm planning on doing for every time I have a, a new guest, uh, what is what is your like overall life experience with King of the Hill? This is oh, that's, that's this good. is an odd question, but because I I always think about it, and when you're like seven years old and you want to watch like The Simpsons or something, because The Simpsons can appeal to any age, but when you're like seven and watching King of the Hill, it is just mind-numbing and painful to watch. Yeah, well, that's like what I was going to say. Is It's like I grew up like most of my life truly, truly believing that, that this show was not funny. Like, I think that was like a pretty common experience for kids. It's like, this is like my dad's show. And like, yeah. and then now it's to the point where we've all gotten old enough and that we kind of like, you know, know the world a little bit better. And like, we appreciate this shit probably more than our parents ever did. Yes. Like, like, yeah, no. So I, I, I definitely went like most of my life, never watching it, never giving a second thought. And then like, I was familiar with like the, uh, the, that's my purse. I don't know you. Like, I think most people are and like, yeah. and like pocket sand a little bit, you know, like the, the, yeah. the great, the all time hits. <laughs> and then like, I, I ended up watching another episode with a couple of my friends one time. It was the one I kind of want to come back for this one eventually, but it's where Bobby's like, this is a fat kid store, isn't it? And I just turned to my friends. I was like, yo, this show's funny. Like this show's good. So That's... like it's basically I I uh, I became like a recent fan. I still haven't watched that much of it, but like um one of those friends that I watched that episode with gave me for Christmas a few years ago a box set of the first season, Ooh. and then uh so I've watched all of that I think. And my girlfriend and I were recently rewatching it, which is like I'm I'm definitely like primed for this podcast because I've watched <laughs> these episodes we're about to cover uh, twice in the last like, couple months. But yeah, so I, I'm still like a pretty like recent uh convert to king of the hill and i haven't seen a ton but uh I'm, I'm into it i'm all the way into it it's it's something i i have a distinct memory of when it when it like clicked for me is when uh adult swim got syndication for it okay yeah because that, that i think that like saved a bunch of shows that's why family guy came back from two yeah. different cancellations that's that's true yeah <laughs> Uh, the the big thing I remember with like learning that hey it's actually good but I don't know if everyone can get it is I remember in eighth grade when I was in band class I played the saxophone and the kid I sat next to like after every Sunday we'd we'd just sit there because we were like lower chairs so we didn't do shit half the time and we'd talk about like the new Simpsons and new Family Guy. And he'd just get like mad about whatever episode King of the Hill was like. I can't believe I had to watch that before Family Guy. <laughs> the two genders, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so, Wait, uh, do you think you were in band? Yes. All right. Can I can I see if I can correctly guess which instrument you played? This has nothing to do with King of the Hill, but I have like a theory that you can like identify like people's 
instruments and such. Have I done this before? Have I asked you before? I don't think so, but I also just said it. <laughs> Did you? I, am I a terrible listener? Did I not catch that? <laughs> I also I may I probably said it super quick, but it's fun. This is this is good. This is good radio. Fuck! Now I don't think I can. I don't think I can like bear the embarrassment if you literally told me. And I'm like, oh, like, watch me guess, and I fucking blow it. <laughs> You, you give me you give me saxophone vibes, but I don't think that's what you said. So I'm gonna. That is what I said. Is it really? I knew yeah. it. All right. See, there you go. That's how you know the system works. <laughs> that's yeah. It was. It's fun, it's a fun time. Did you play an instrument? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I, let's see. All right. Let's see if the system works in reverse. Can you guess which instrument I played in band? I would guess trumpet. Oh no! Also, oh. fuck you. <laughs> but <laughs> no, I played trombone. I feel like the trumpets oh. were always like the cocky son of bitches. Like you know what I mean? Oh, like... I I always associate the trumpet with like high energy. Oh yeah, I mean that's there too. See, because I I like trombone is like the, the slacker kids, and like so that's mm. where like because like like this is literally way less to the king of the hill. But but like when I was in band, all the tr- like trombone kids were just like dick around all the time. Like we would intentionally. Like, we had, like, challenges. Do you guys ever do that? Where, like, you'd see who'd be first chair and stuff. And, like, we would intentionally throw them to each other. And so, like, who was first and second chair was constantly rotating. And the teacher's just like, whatever. Like, we just let us do this. And then we would also do concerts. Like, like we would be playing the Michigan fight song instead of the actual music we were supposed to be playing. Like, we were menaces. See, I, I, only, I always associate tromb- the trombone players with just being upset because every kid <laughs> kid would walk up to him and go and be like, "Hey, go brrrr with your trombone." Yeah, that definitely <laughs> did happen. Yeah, you have to feel a lot more requests with that instrument than you do with any of the others. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of requests, everyone listening is probably requesting that we talk about the episode we just watched. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so <laughs> this is this first episode. So let's. Let's talk about the first episode of King of the Hill, the pilot yeah. episode. Unlike this podcast, I feel like they had their footing pretty well on the first episode. Like you hear a lot about yeah. like TV shows that like like ah, oh, it's not really good yet. But like I watched it like literally just like a couple minutes ago. I was like, that's a good first episode. It it does it does something that I almost feel like is unprecedented, where it sets up all the major characters. You know exactly how they are and how they're going to act moving forward. There's a couple little things that don't like carry on into later seasons, but they're still kind of like feeling out some characters. Yeah, I feel like there's a couple exceptions to that. Like I feel like there are elements. It, it comes up in the next one we're gonna talk about like for a second. But I feel like there's there's a weird bit they do with like Boomhauer is supposed to be like a ladies' man, quote unquote, and that's not like in this one. And I feel like Bill doesn't get like the full. We don't see exactly what Bill's gonna be, but I think you're yeah. right. With, with, with just about everybody else, they kind of establish who they are and what their like bits are gonna be through the rest of the series. Yeah, this is something you won't exactly discuss for a long time, but something that's very interesting with the beginning of the series and the exact end. The first word ever uttered is yup, mm-hmm. and then the last word ever uttered in the entire series is yup. And that's perfect. It, it, I feel kind of dumb talking about the last episode when we're talking about the first episode, but the first episode <laughs> the end starts is the beginning with like, is the end. Yeah, that's it's. It's like I don't know how they were able to beautifully orchestrate this, but the the, the first episode starts with like an overview of Arlen, and we come down onto the alley, and it starts off with Bill going yup, and then the last episode is Hank and Bobby grilling, and it ends with Bobby going yup, and it like zooms out of Arlen. Like, Yo, you did, I did I had no idea. That shit sounds fucking beautiful. Is uh, they 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 start off with what is. It's a great joke too. 
with you know why why you're having so much trouble it's a it's a ford sensor fix it again tony <laughs> Dale, that's a fiat <laughs> yeah the, he like, <laughs> mumbles it to himself yeah and it goes into the opening i feel like the challenge of the show is not gonna it's gonna be to not just like remember that joke that was pretty good like <laughs> that's <laughs> that's <there's>... what's <laughs> what most of the shows is because i've watched it so much that I could usually say certain lines before yeah. they happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some there's some good lines. I like like actually laughed out loud like uh, a few times. Like right away we get introduced to the the four the four men of Rainy Street, Hank, Hank Hill, Bill Dotrieve, uh Dale Gribble, and Bo- Jeff Boomhauer, but I don't think they reveal his first name's Jeff for a couple more seasons. That really does extremely fit though. Yeah. He is um, a Jeff. Do you know about the origins of Boomhauer's voice? I don't, and I actually was going to ask you about that. So go ahead and lay it so, on me. If you're, I'm sure you're aware that Mike Judge, the creator of King Hill, also made Beavis and Butthead. Of which course, yes. The, uh, the character of Hank Hill is based off of, I think, Mr. Anderson from Beavis yeah. and Butthead. Yep. And uh, what he said he based Boomhauer off of, I guess, the production offices of King of the Hill got. Not King, of Beavis and Butthead got an angry phone call about the show being <laughs> offensive, but it was from some like backwoods southern guy. So it was just like bring all ding all farts and ding all dumb dumb kids. Not good for television. Ding all. <laughs> wow, that's fucking awesome. The uh the the main the main focus of this episode is, and I I didn't properly explain to you how much we're gonna get into discussion. So this is gonna almost hit you like a bombshell, or will it? Because I took a lot of notes. Uh, okay, that's that's even better that you you're preemptive. <laughs> but what I feel the main focus of this episode, like thematically, is supposed to be like uptight, like neoliberal interpretations of the South, and like where y- you see it a lot. And I I get the brunt of those jokes because I live in South Dakota. So <laughs> you, you like after the election, there was all these posts that were like all these states in red aren't part of America no more, and it's like states that the electoral votes went to Donald Trump. And that's yeah. what that's what this this uh social services worker is basically. He is classifying these like middle American people who definitely are uh way more hardworking and do more for like their area and do things versus just looking down on them thinking they're better because they come from a better area basically. Yeah, the show's interesting because, like, watching it back, it, it feels like there's kind of that similar, like, poking fun at both sides energy, but not at all in the same vein of a show like South Park, where, like, yeah. it's kind of, like, gross. Like, I don't know, like, this this version feels, I don't know, it, like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't bother me, I guess. It feels, it feels yeah. like, a little bit, like, in better nature than to be, <laughs> like, like, we're edgy and we're in the middle and, like, you're both dumb. Like, King of the Hill kind of feels, like, different somehow. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, that's that's definitely something I've picked up on watching it getting older, and uh, especially with like, as you watch Hank and all the characters grow his family. The main they introduce it in this episode. The main issue is Bobby's kind of a weird kid who, mm-hmm. and Hank doesn't understand him. Yeah, Im- immediately we get those. Um, so <laughs> we haven't really even explained what's going on in the episode completely, but what it is is Bobby gets. It, we find that pretty quickly that Bobby's kind of a weird kid who acts out and he gets hit with a baseball hit in the face with a baseball because Hank's yelling at him to pay attention to the baseball game 
something I can relate to because I was forced to play <laughs> sports as a kid and Same. I didn't want to do it. And I was yep. just like bored and like pulling grass and stuff yep. off, <laughs> off the field. Yep. And it gives him a black eye. And later Hank is getting like furious at a dumbass teenager in the big box store. Yeah, which is funny because that Megalomart employee like looks like you. <laughs> just like I, with no <laughs> facial hair. <laughs> I've I've betted I've been in his position before, <laughs> but but not in the way where I'm like being stupid and unresponsive and no, no help, just uh, angry people in the store. But in this situation, they're making it so Hank is justified. A yeah, little bit. Yeah, well, I, I I have been that guy when I worked at Toys R Us. I was generally pretty unhelpful, <laughs> so I understand. I understand his plight. And it's a. Uh, you you get you immediately get the small town vibe of Arlen, where these two these two gossipy housewives see Hank screaming at this uh, employee while Bobby's standing next to him with a black eye, and some sort of looky loo seeing on that is gonna see that uh they're gonna see that and think oh I bet he got that black eye from his angry dad, and it just travels through the grapevine of people talking, and eventually it's like. One of the things that is Hank Hill hit his son in the face with a baseball bat. Yeah. <laughs> and they get social services called and they send out a social worker who's later in the episode is revealed to be from Los Angeles and is, I, I don't know how government employment works, but I feel like he doesn't just get assigned out there. I mean, maybe he could have accepted the job offer. I also don't know how uh, 1997 worked because I was three years old. <laughs> holy shit um yeah i mean i would gather that like he would have yeah he would have taken that job out there i don't i was a social work major for one semester but i don't think that you just like get randomly shipped out to places and yeah find random stations so yeah i'd imagine that he relocated but then it's weird because like then they, they literally ship him back to where he's from like yeah. they have control over that like they, like instead of just like firing him it's like no you have to go back to where you're from yeah and the the whole the the whole like conflict of the episode is just uh comedy of errors miscommunication where Hank is in the right for how mad he is the whole the whole episode but this social worker doesn't get the full context or even be- believes the full context so he uh he's making those judgments anyways like H- Hank regularly is just he from day one in the series he's just miserable and has to deal with idiot assholes all day yeah which i i think that this this the structure that the episode takes is really smart and fun because i feel like other shows would have pressed on the hank versus the social worker dynamic for the entire episode but yeah. what this does is that it, it it does that and it gets all the mileage out of that and then it switches it so that the case gets called off but bobby's the one that's alerted to that before the parents are yeah. And then Bobby turns it against him. So then, like, you get like a whole new like motor behind the story for the rest of it. In that Bobby's now exploiting this and like yeah. doing whatever he wants, and like like he's like convincing Hank that he can't yell at him. Which like that whole sequence where he's like ruining everything and like Hank can't stop him is like what my older family members think happens if you can't hit kids in school. <laughs> <laughs> like he's 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 making hank like drill into the garage door and like opening and shutting it over and over again so he can't like get it undone and he's like messing with the lawnmower and taking down the fence and like hank just has to be like bobby please respect my offenses right to be a fence and he can't do anything else like yeah. that's like my my like uncle's like worst nightmares they're they're all teachers and it's like oh like what's gonna happen if we can't hit him it's like 
it's uh, it's funny because I have a friend who who's a teacher who's going to be on a later episode, and I've I've talked to him about like how he how he handles like the the kids who are unruly and stuff because he teaches at a slightly alternative school in the area, mm-hmm. and he's just yeah. like if you treat them like human beings, they act fine. Like you just yeah. give them you give them, you just treat them nicely, you give them responsibilities in class, and it's That's... like. <laughs> Yeah, that's my experience too. I realize that like the listener is getting like quite the like summary of my life experiences because I mentioned already that I worked at Toys R Us, was a social work major, but I also was an uh, elementary education major for two years and like have worked with the kids a bunch. But yeah, that's been my experience too. Is like if you like treat them like a human being and you have like an actual relationship with them outside of just yelling at them, then you can generally like <laughs> wrangle them without having to touch them at all. But yeah, yeah, doesn't uh. The scene before Hank actually encounters the uh, social worker, um, doesn't Dale's dialogue feel like a little too on the nose for 2018? Which uh... almost 2019, when when he's talking about about the pollution control, and he's like, "You idiot! Why would why would they? Well, why would pollution control be the be the be a government plot?" And he's like. Don't don't you? It's a global conspiracy. It means the UN wants to control the temperature. They want to control global warming. I say, let it get a few degrees hotter. See how I care. We'll grow oranges in Alaska. Yeah, uh, like, yeah, you're right. And like, it, it kind of like. I mean, I've heard this from older people, but like, this show really kind of like nails it home. And that like, damn, like the more shit changes, the more it stays the same. Because like, they're talking about a lot of the same things that we're seeing right now in like the quote unquote like culture wars and stuff. You know, like the the distinction between like people who live in LA and people who live in small town America, and like, um, you know, issues like climate change and and all that shit but like it's interesting in this version because like even though hank i think people that don't watch the show assume that everyone in this show is like super like conservative and like you know like you yes. know hank hank is but at the same time like he's more progressive than i think people would assume because he fights back to on that like instantly he's yeah. like yo like you're an idiot and if it gets any degrees hotter i'm gonna kick your ass yeah it's it's something that that's like a big point of what i i want to get into on this show is i see a lot of stuff shared like without the full context shared on facebook twitter uh the king of the hill subreddit because i'm active on there because of course i am um where (laughs) people either dismiss the show for being like a conservative love story or like they they think it's like kind of like American Dad, how that's a parody of conservative America, but that takes it to like an nth degree to where it's like over the top, or that like that people just take it at face value and don't see that a lot of like in this episode, if if it truly was like conservative values win the day, Hank would have like literally kicked the ass of the social worker. <laughs> And and that as soon as the social worker was out of the door, he would have bent Bobby over his knee and smacked his ass. Like, yeah, yeah. It would have been, I'm right. But that's not what Hank tries to do. What the, what is the like middle ground reasonable like thing? But it it would it could work if Bobby wasn't being a shithead. <laughs> well, and honestly, if anything, it's not even like the middle ground solution. He tries to take the advice of the social worker who he previously called a twig boy and threatened to kick his ass. Like he does, like do exactly what he suggested in like in that like he tries to have a a more like verbally respectful relationship with Bobby, which then Bobby milks the fuck out of it. But like yeah. you know, like the loud is not allowed bit, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just Hank's reaction when he hears that for the first time is so fucking good. The voice acting on the show is incredible. Like, I mean, everyone that's like watched it before, like, knows. Like, I mean, like Pamela Abbott's a fucking all star with like that that the fusion between like her vocal performance with Bobby Hill, like the character, like the design, and like just his personality is like one yeah. of the best like matches made in heaven in like animation <laughs> history. But like Hank too is just like this second that this little like twerpy guy from LA is like loud is not loud. Hank's like what the and it's just like. Yeah, I love that shit. I'm I'm always curious every time I watch this too, is just what in the hell Bobby is doing half the time? <laughs> like I've I've what why did he undo a stop sign from like the corner and just <laughs> drill into it and also beat the drill with a hammer? Like what is he doing? <laughs> Do you not remember just being a kid in the in the 90s where like you didn't have a phone so you just like did shit? <laughs> See all, all I can remember about that is like running around the yard with twigs and pretending they're swords i did the exact same thing <laughs> <laughs> i um, was bobby hill <laughs> the the this this episode is also the birth of a classic youtube meme is it uh, which one? Oh, when he puts the headphones on yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's all toilet sounds and he says it's <laughs> it's and this is a long chain of of references but he says it's the funny phone jerks which is based off the jerky boys which up until like a year or two ago i thought that was something made up for arrested development but they they're like a real like crank call people who like sold cds and they actually had a movie based off of making prank phone calls what the fuck i see i've never heard of those ones i was kind of like assuming as a reference to the kinds of things like crank yankers because that was yeah. my like my time periods version but like yeah that's that's what i think is like that, that's something you won't get today is <laughs> is a uh, prank phone call references or prank phone calls in general yeah that's true i wonder if there's any like shitty youtubers out there that, that are doing that instead like filling the void of the old like cds and mp3s of that i know there's twitch streamers who will like call scam phone numbers and fuck with them but that's oh, okay i i think if you tried to do stuff like that you get taken down for harassment and rightly yeah. so for the most part yeah well, we also now live in the era where you can, like, tell who's calling you pretty easily. Yeah. Like, you don't even need Star 69. It's like, oh, I just have this person's phone number. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, a weird a weird thing that I, I want to point out is in that montage of Bobby just harassing Hank and Hank not being able to do anything about it, yeah. Hank is wearing a weird, like, brown vest shirt. Yeah. That he, it's not his Strickland propane uniform. <laughs> but he's just it's an it's an odd choice it's one of those like things where in pilot episodes there's stuff that just doesn't return or like yeah doesn't pick up that's that's one that always sticks out to me maybe in all those events bobby somehow ruined that jacket and we never see it again for that reason <laughs> that's 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 good good choice good idea well like honestly like there's that bit in the beginning where where hank is diving into the the hood of the car to fix it and i would think that like it could have gotten ruined then because he gets smashed under the hood and dale just leaves him yeah and then they they repeat that bit again when when dale like crashes his car into the crashes hank's car into the garage after trying to fix it and being unsuccessful and all his friends just scatter like Im immediately they're, they're setting up for the for that hank is just having to deal with his dumb friends and that's a common theme throughout the series is him having to bail out his idiot friends from like the dumb stuff that they do yeah i wasn't sure if that was a pattern that that comes back is that like they're like 
shitty friends to him. I mean, I guess yeah. they're kind of good in that they tried to help fix the car after whatever. But at the same time, like, the first sign of trouble, they, they, they just dip. Yeah. And um, the, the thing that I really like that they have set up with... Uh, with Hank and Bobby's relationship in this episode is like like I've already mentioned that he's doesn't understand Bobby and like that they're two different people and it's kinda yeah. like Hank is obviously someone who like thought he'd have just a mini Hank that he could do all mm-hmm. his Hank things with growing up. Yeah. And immediately we get even though this is a quick flashback se- sequence of Hank as a kid with a skin knee and it's his dad screaming at him saying, My knees were shot off in, in Japan, World War Two like yeah and he he doesn't he doesn't exactly say it at least for quite a while but he he has the knowledge to know that he doesn't want to raise bobby like he was raised by a screaming uh military veteran and i feel like cotton it's something that we'll get in later but cotton has handled a lot better than you think would be for like a grandparent character Mm-hmm. He he has those tropes of being the like, he's mean to the parents but loves the kid, but they the grandkid but they also give sympathetic things for him as his like, the things he deals with being a veteran. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't be surprised by this because like you know like actually good comedy does have like actual like you know like personal dramatic roots to it because that's like what makes us laugh is that we're recognizing like true things about people and stuff. But like yeah. I kind of was struck by how like earnest and real this episode gets. Like for a, a a silly little show about a Texas neighborhood, like you know the bit where Bobby's like I can make him love me even when I screw up is like holy yeah. shit. Like that's a very real line. Yeah. And, and like, um, and like you're saying, like, just kind of like the fact that what we're really seeing is that, like, even though it is like a, you know, a, a fun little comedy, like they're addressing kind of like the the challenges of like parenting and like seeing how that generationally that affects people and stuff. It's it's like actually kind of, um, I don't know, like it's 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 a lot deeper than I think a Family Guy or American Dad ever gets. Yeah, it's it's not uh, a common thing in the show is they show that both sides are wrong. And they they show that not even like a compromise is what's necessary, but like understanding is is really what's important in a lot of the scenarios raised in King of the Hill. Um, and like with this, it was the the whole thing of the episode is misunderstanding of everything. The the social worker from Los Angeles uh, just assumed bad things, even though he went around the neighborhood, asked like Dale, and he's like, "Have you ever seen Hank hit his son?" And he's like, no, Hank wouldn't do that. Um, and then... Uh, I will he... say, though, can you blame him for not trusting Dale Gribble? <laughs> That's... <laughs> if, it, if it was 2018, I definitely wouldn't trust Dale Gribble because he's a weirdo <laughs> who smokes inside of his house. But 20 years ago, that's a normal thing. <laughs> that's something, too, that, that we kind of touched on earlier with like you know, like the comparison between like then and now. I feel like until 2018... I, I used to think that it was a weird Venn diagram that Dale Gribble is between like being a conservative and being like a conspiracy theorist. And that's like now like the prime demographic. What's this, the wildest thing about I looked up before we did this so I could have this straight is this episode airing predates the founding of Infowars by like two and a <laughs> half years. Is he like the patron saint of Infowars? Do they like aspire to like his level? <laughs> 
it's it's strange because uh, Alex Jones did radio before he did Infowars. I'm pretty sure he's a radio did Alex Jones things in Texas, and no one has corroborated it. No one said anything. Like I think Mike Judge probably just like sh- shoes it away if someone brings it up to him. But it's a good possibility that he's based off of uh, Alex Jones a little bit because Alex Jones is broadcasting and saying that stuff out of an Austin radio station in like the nineties. So it's entirely possible. Damn. Um, Dale's got like actual like heart though. Like I think he's like a, a a real human being. unlike Alex Jones. Yeah. Uh, it's he, he asks, he asks Joseph and Joseph's like, no, he, he's never, he'd never hit Bobby. He wouldn't do something like that. Like Dale said, he's his pride and joy because he can't have other kids. And that's, that's also where Hank's frustration comes from is it was so much trouble for them to have a kid mm-hmm. that he wants to make sure he does it right. So he has like this this looming anxiety over like is Bobby acting out because he's a bad parent, not because Bobby's just being like a dumb twelve year old. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even read into that that like <laughs> there is an element of like the fact that yeah they they said that they had difficulty uh, acquiring the one child. That's look at you. Look at you getting your deep analysis classes <laughs> on. <laughs> You're it's, ready to host this podcast. I believe in you. <laughs> this, this is, it's, it's something because I've watched King of Hell so much, and like, it's, it's something that doesn't go, hasn't been gone into a lot with the show. Is just seeing how truly, like, there's nothing like it else out there. There's nothing that's been like it since. We've yeah. been getting a lot of good animated media uh, for like younger audiences that can appeal to older audiences, stuff like, Steven Universe and shows like those appeal to an older audience. But the issue with American animation is that it's either for kids as like just goofy stuff or it's for adults as like raunchy comedies. Mm-hmm. Like you think of like Archer, uh, Family Guy, South Park, all that stuff is like kind of raunchy, gross out comedies or stuff like that. The Simpsons was at one point, but 30 years later, it's not really a, like edgy anymore yeah 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 this show really is like i hadn't thought of that either but it really is like its tone and style really is kind of a one-off like i can't summon up any other show i'd compare it to yeah the the the, another joke that i i really liked with uh boomhauer when the social worker was going around to the neighborhood he's like trying to ask him question but boomhauer just rambling off about a dog barking in the neighborhood (laughs) (laughs) And my favorite, my favorite part about that is is that the uh, <laughs> the uh, social worker just ends up leaving because I I presume because he can't understand what he's saying and so he doesn't know how to continue the conversation so he just leaves. Yeah, um, they 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 do so much with those with the uh, Boomhauer's talking that's that's just great. The the yeah the episode is the episode ends with Bobby uh, basically like you mentioned a little bit ago him saying to Peggy because the that like head of the uh, department of social services there came over and said, Hey, sorry about what happened. We sent him home to Peggy. And she's like, Oh, we didn't get a phone call and approaches Bobby about it. And I, I like, I like Hank's immediate reaction to being told about it. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I wrote it down it's, too. It's, it goes from a, from like having a somber conversation about like Hank, being like, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I'm fit to be a dad. It's just, that boy ain't right. I can't get through to him. 
He's like, I don't want to lose my little boy, my only son. <laughs> yeah. And Peggy tells him that the investigation was called off like a week ago. And immediately, what? I'll kill him. <laughs> <laughs> like almost missing the point of, of it entirely. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great. And they, they, have, they have a nice father-son heart-to-heart at the end. Where yeah, it's it's really sweet. <laughs> where we we get f- from that like flashback we had, we could easily assume that Hank has issues with expressing feelings and love, especially with family, um, and he has trouble telling Bobby that he loves him and he's his son. He's like skirting around it for a little bit, and just very quickly, he's like, "You're my son, and I love you no matter what." It makes Bobby happy, and they're all like happy and giggly, and they start like. Bobby's holding his hands up and they're doing like a boxing thing. And conveniently, this is, is something a little weird. I don't think uh, transport buses go through residential areas very often. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it drives by it. He happens, the social worker happens to be looking out the window, sees him talk, see, sees him doing this. Like, what? See, I knew it. I knew it. He hit him. Did you see that? And it's a big, like, trucker looking guy. And like, what'd you say, twig boy? And that's the that's the final image we're, we're left yeah. on. I'm glad you brought up the uh, the flashback because Child Hank looks hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's something straight that that's like weird that they do. It, well, it's it's unique that they do a King of the Hill where when they show like flashback versions of the characters in a lot of shows, it's almost like a comedy setup where it's like they look the same but they have a different hairstyle. The show is different, but no, yeah, they they just showed like what you'd assume little Hank would look like. He, he, but he kind of also does look like a. He has the face of a grown man still, kind of like he looks like he's in big head mode in like an old basketball game. <laughs> yeah. I just love the the like. I feel like it's so true to the character that he would have looked like a a grown Republican man even as an eight year old. <laughs> that's. I think that's um. I, he's just one of those people who's destined for it. Exactly. It's like, it's like uh. Some I, I use Lyft a lot, and every so often, like, the Lyft driver's name will come up, and I'll be like, yeah, that's definitely a Casey. He looks like a Casey. Yep. <laughs> it's one of yeah. those things. <laughs> I was going to say, the Joseph reveal is in yeah. this episode, and it's and it's really well done. It's, uh, they, they, they don't set up the, the joke for just yet, but my favorite thing that they do with Joseph it's usually around Joseph John Redcorn as mentioned, and and the like a subtle running gag throughout the series, and I I need everyone listening to look for this. Is anytime someone mentions John Redcorn, he usually like pops up, like <laughs> he'll 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 drive up in his jeep, or like he'll arrive to pick up Nancy for a headache appointment, or <laughs> something like that. It's always he's good. like he's like if Beetlejuice was trying to cuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, we're starting out. This is this is great A material. I'm so happy you said file that. that file that under the dumbest sentences I've ever said. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I don't know how much more you wanted to say about this episode, but I have a few notes still that I could. Okay, yeah, I could let's go over you. some of those. I was just gonna get some like trivia, so. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to address how good of a joke is when Bobby. I guess it's not even really a joke. It just really fucking makes me laugh every time when Bobby does his Hank impression. He's like, "That's my boy. He ain't much, but he's all I got." Like that bit. Every time <laughs> yeah. I watch this episode, fucking kills me. 
and Bobby is such a fucking endearing character. Like it's his, it's such a nice little like visual touch when they do that too, because Bobby's face starts to get like all red as he's doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they showed us, I think, yeah, earlier that that Hank's face gets all red, and like Hank is fucking so like wholesome and cute too, because he's getting all pissed off and like ready to fight the social worker, and then when he realizes that he's like got jerked up, he's like, "Go get me a water," and like he asks for something that's like really like bc headache powder yeah 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 it's it's like so like mundane and tame like it's not like you know go get me a beer it's like give me some yeah. headache powder like he, <laughs> like he's putting on this like badass texan thing but at the end of the day he's just like he's your friend's dad like yeah <laughs> i um i also realized watching this so i've been having a a, a strange situation at my parents place recently so my one of my cousins uh, she got into some some trouble with with police uh, where she uh, was living before, and so her parents sent her to live with my parents. and And I had been making the comparison that that was like a Fresh Prince of Bel Air scenario, and then I realized <laughs> watching this that it's actually the King of the Hill scenario with Luann because yeah. she, she while she's there with my parents, she is going to school for like hair <laughs> and that stuff. So I was like, holy shit! Like it's just Luann. Yeah, it's it, we haven't really talked for because she doesn't really do anything in this episode. We it's just kind of set up that she's there. Yeah. Um. She uh, she's a troublesome character over her development. Um. That's something that's that's gonna get be got into way later. Um. But it's that, that's something that's that's neat too that they just quickly set up why she's gonna be there for a while in the in this episode. That like yeah. She, she was there because her parents were fighting and she's like 18, 19 years old living at home. And then later she she's she says that she basically has to live there because her, her mom's going to jail and the trailer's tipped over. Yeah, this show's really economical with how it like distributes information. Like we, like you said about like all the characters earlier, like we get a lot in a very short amount of time. Yeah, it's and it's it, nothing overstays its welcome or like no. it's stuff that doesn't pay off. It's... it's that's something that's nice about it as like a pilot too. It's not like they don't change a character. Like the next episode, someone moves away. They they even introduce a, a a new neighbor later in the season to like oh yeah add an extra dynamic to like Hank's conservative values and stuff like that and how he deals with people. I just realized too that like um, the typical thing of a pilot that you might see with like shows that aren't as well written is like feeling like they're trying to like make sure you get everything about like what's this character's job whatever and i strive that they really sneakily tell you what peg's job is because you, yeah. you you get to see actually you know you know hank actually both of them are really like they're, they're put in ways that don't feel expositional at all because yeah. peggy's comes when when she's talking to the social worker and he's just asking general background about the family and then hank's comes when he's giving this the speech which is amazing because they pipe in like the american <laughs> music in the background um <laughs> Like he's like all proud and shit, and he's like, I sell propane and propane accessories, which is like the first iconic mention of the propane and propane accessories. But yeah, yeah it just that's fucking. I'm, I should like study that for like pilot <laughs> writing, like because it really is like it's really effective in, in the way that it like and, handles all that. And that's something that's like it's a very subtle uh, like planting in your mind about how he's a working class, like mid- southern middle American guy is. Working with things like natural resources is a very, like, working class thing. Like, natural gas, propane, coal miners, all that sort of stuff is a very, like, working class kind of imagery that you get. 
all everyone on the, on Rainy Street is. You don't you don't see much of it from the rest of them. But like Bill's an army barber, uh, Boomhauer, you don't really know. Um, <laughs> and Dale is like he's an a speech therapist actually. <laughs> I, I'd I'd buy that. <laughs> yeah, that's um, my version at least. They. they 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 showcase him in like just these very like average jobs. A common thing with Hank is that he's just he's an assistant manager at this at a place. Not like it's not like a, a sitcom like Friends or How I Met Your Mother where they all have really nice jobs. Or yeah. it's not not like Roseanne where it's all like hey we're we're poor actually. It's like almost an idealized thing but portrayed realistically at the same time if that makes sense yeah no i get what you mean by that and actually i'm glad you brought up like the friends comparison to the other shows because i was surprised that i did not remember this show opens with a seinfeld reference like all the like the four yeah. people like his little click like they watch seinfeld yeah they just watch tv like that's just something they do and and like boom i was like the new york boys like and like just... dang old show about nothing <laughs> yeah like i guess i was kind of like interested in like because this episode is like you said like there's so much at play about like the difference in like different parts of the country i was kind of struck by the fact that like they watch a show about new yorkers in their downtime and they're not like out there like criticizing it necessarily and boom i was kind of like oh they're silly like yeah it's and it's a contrast to how you how you see like the over exaggeration of that now where people will be like, I hear it at work a lot of do you, do, Hey, did you watch the show? Oh no. All the actors are liberal assholes. <laughs> yeah. The, like the, uh, the Hollywood, Hollywood elite and all that. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They weren't too concerned about that on this show. I don't think boom. Howard yeah, yeah. didn't seem to mind. No. <laughs> so, uh, I wanted to get into some, uh, interesting trivia about this pilot episode for you. Go for it. So, uh, start with the other names, uh, since it's the pilot, some just stuff based around the uh, creation of the show. I do think they missed an opportunity with uh, propane jokes to call it Pilot Light, but that's, oh, that's yeah, it's, yeah. It's a light one. That's true. Uh, the, some of the other names for the show were considered were Dale Gribble and the other guy. <laughs> for the episode? For the TV show. Oh, so <laughs> even though he was never going to be the main character? Yeah. That's a really that's good okay. joke. Um, I'm going to kick your ass. Propane <laughs> Man. The Hank Hill Family Hour. Hank Hill and his clan. And one that sounds familiar. Citizen Hank. Oh, wow. Damn. That's that's you, where I got the idea some, from. Yeah. <laughs> you're like an archaeologist. Like you're preserving it. Because the, the joke for me is it's close to Citizen Kane. Which yeah. is like the revered movie that pioneered tons of like theatrical tricks and stuff and yeah and it's a common exaggeration with me and my friends when we're talking about like dumb video games and stuff we call it like the citizen kane of video games right we'll regularly call roblox the citizen kane of video games i i <laughs> well that's just true i don't think you know i can deny that <laughs> it's, it's very true i think i tweeted recently that interstitial ap is better than citizen kane <laughs> it, it might which is yeah. also just true <laughs> Uh, th this should be a, a here, here's an idea for all the interstitial fans P play a campaign where you're all Orson Welles characters <laughs> you have to either be a character from Citizen Kane or from King of the Hill <laughs> and just like dude, yo actually that would be like a fucking epic confrontation between uh, between Charles Foster Kane and Hank Hill <laughs>
Oh, now I want to write like fanfic where like those two like that those two worlds collide. Cause like Dale Gribble, like what would Dale Gribble think of all that? Like, oh, with with, with fan fiction, I gotta send you one where uh, Hank gets the Death Note. Oh, oh my fucking god! You need to send that to me fucking immediately because that is extremely my shit. Done. That sounds oh, incredible. God. Some so, some of the things with the with the pilot. Uh, the original yeah. episode they wanted to consider use the pilot is the first episode with Khan. Okay. Which that I think that that's a good one that also sets up like kind of how the characters are and stuff is their challenge. It's it's a very like white neighborhood and then usually the like uncomfortable like eighties sitcom jo- or seventies eighties sitcom joke is like a family moved in from the coded language urban areas yeah there goes the neighborhood <laughs> yeah but but in that one it's it's funny because they're like an asian family from uh california like <laughs> yeah it, it's yeah. it's not what you expect <laughs> i can i can see the thought process and why they might have thought about making up the pilot but i do think that ultimately this one works best right before hank tells bobby that he loves him there's a as he's like on his way there in the house there's a picture uh of a younger hank's dad a little uh foreshadowing or like uh what's the word i'm thinking of something with opposites i can't think of the word right now because i'm dumb (laughs) (laughs) but because hank there's no way hank was ever told i love you by his dad oh no yeah (laughs) absolutely not Um, yeah i I didn't catch that one a big thing that was brought up in the episode that they elaborate on a little bit more in the series and then is very quickly abandoned and i think they missed a mark for it too is how luann knows a lot about cars yeah i was gonna i forgot about that yeah i'm glad you brought that up that's it's kind of cool and again they do it so quickly and so like efficiently but like yeah. they give her a little, a little bit of shine because the whole episode the fucking like car guys can't figure out what's wrong with with hank's car and it's like surprisingly progressive for like you know the yeah. year and, and that's something it's like this show really isn't like what people think it is but like yeah they, they give her a little shine of like she's the one that <laughs> fixes it yeah and it's something that the show in a couple episodes later in the series, then they just completely abandon it, which is why I have, like, a big issue with Luann's character arc. Ah, uh, okay, that sucks. They, they, like, that could, that's, that even, with, like, even how her character arc is now in the show, it could, they, it still could have been a part of it and actually made sense with where it went. But yeah. they just, like, abandoned it. But that's also a problem with, uh, in later seasons, how uh, Fox made a big push for... Uh, syndication setting the set episodes up for syndication while mike judge uh really wanted to have it set up for like short story arcs and connecting stuff which is uncommon for an animated show yeah yeah he wanted to be more like anime yeah he wanted king of the hill to be one piece (laughs) i i want i want to hear mike judge as hank hill say anime (laughs) what would happen if oh god i'm about to expose my lack of knowledge of one piece but isn't there like a fruit that gives people superpowers or some shit yeah it's what, if, what if hank, what if hank hill what would he get so, so it depends that. on the fruit you eat okay but I, I think he would get and this is for like the the few people who carried over after this we could go in the plugs because we're about done but, uh, he, he would get a, a logia fruit which lets you turn into like there, there's Smoker who turns into like smoke, and there's a uh, crocodile. These are characters I've encountered. Turns into sand, so Hank would just turn into propane. Okay, sweet. And then <laughs> Dale Gribble would turn into pocket sand and smoke at the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it sad that like in 2018 we're still like clapping our hands like circus seals just because they showed that women can know about cars? 
Yeah. That's... Well, like, great job, TV show. You did it. Like, <laughs> our standards are so low at this point. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> All right, I have one more question for you, and then we can go to plugs and wrap this baby up. Okay. Did George Bush really vomit on Japanese auto executives? Yes. I will send you the video right now. Oh, there's it's, video. It's okay. George Herbert Walker Bush. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, that's timely. <laughs> he he ate like bad sushi before, and then he threw up. <laughs> Damn! I will send you the video so you could watch it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> as soon you as have we're a lot done. of important things to send me after this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he he actually did that. And okay, because that's, that's a joke I, at the very beginning of the episode for anyone that didn't like see the connective tissue there. Yeah, where. Um, that, that's that's a, that's a common joke within King of the Hill too. Is uh, American made and like making fun of like j- imported cars and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they would be worse enemies with with Brian O'Connor from Fast and Furious, who loves imports. <laughs> hey, good segue. <laughs> I'm just drawing in all the other shows. <laughs> so, where where can we find you online, Chris? You can find me at Topher Disgrace on Twitter. That's it's such a, that's such a good at. <laughs> I I know. Thank you. I was I was I left my even after I quit wrestling. I I left my tag as my wrestling name for so long because I couldn't think of a good alternative. And then one night, like when it came to me, I was like, "This is right. The moment is is right now." Did did it? Did you have like a moment where it's like, "Oh, that also kind of sounds like a wrestling name." Yeah, I did actually. I, I was like, you know what? I <laughs> fucked up. This should have been my ring name the entire time. <laughs> you always figured out too late. Yeah. Death machine, death machine, Topher disgrace. <laughs> Do you have you have any like projects or anything you want to plug? Um, I I'll just say keep an eye on my on my Twitter because in the next like week or two I'll be uploading my latest short film. So I'll Ooh. I'll say that. Also, I do other podcasts at Alien Happy Hour. Uh, I do the chat room and movie club where we watch a movie then we talk about it. It's like a book club for people that can't read. <laughs> that's, that's a really good tagline <laughs> <laughs> shout, out to, shout out to ben on on that one that's uh, that's his uh also i did the uh the interstitial ap one shot the holiday special if you haven't heard that yet <laughs> yeah that's uh I'll, I'll jump off from that one that's that interstitial one shot which I, was ran by me uh which it, it has as an, an entertaining cavalcade of characters <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is able to uh, force uh, force wrestling upon someone who does not understand it, and I chose the the I always see those like things like show someone who doesn't know any. If you could show someone who doesn't know anything about wrestling, one thing, what would it be? It's <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> you can uh, it's yeah. uh under right now it's under the Got It Memorized Patreon. If you uh, subscribe to that, you can listen to it or um. It should it should be coming out in a couple weeks too, but you should subscribe to the Patreon anyway, and that's absolutely where you can get all the other uh, interstitial stuff. I was on the first season of that, playing a character from a Final Fantasy game, which is a lot of fun, and uh, other stuff that I do. I do too many things, so I should just like bullet point this. I do a One Piece podcast called We Are Watching One Piece. Uh, it's on basically any streaming platform where. I watch One Piece and talk about it with my friend Joe, who there like caught up with it, which is 
wild to me because it's like 900 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how people do that at all. Um, see, they, they were supposed to it in high school, so it's like when you oh, okay. don't have when things you have to time. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I have I have another weekly, mostly weekly. Sometimes uh, things are really bad and we're miserable and don't want to talk about it. But we uh, called Casual Wrestling Fan Podcast where we talk about the week's WWE stuff. Um, it's getting to the point where it might just be a one broadcast show because uh, the longest running serialized consecutive whatever bullshit Vince McMahon loves to say <laughs> about Raw <laughs> sure doesn't hold up for being 25 years old. <laughs> the longest running episodic television series, I believe, is the, is yeah. the gimmick. Long, wait, look, longest running weekly episodic television show. That's it. Prime time because they can't count because if they say otherwise, it'd go against like soap operas and stuff. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I do want to shout out real quick that I just love that the link that you sent me, it just it just President Bush sick Japan. That's like the <laughs> oh. I can't wait to dig into that. <laughs> well, hey everyone. Thanks for listening to the first episode. I hope I hope you, you had fun. We had fun. Yeah, we were like, we're not going to talk about it for very long, and it's been like an hour. <laughs> That's a problem I have, but it's not like two hours like my other stuff. So. No, no, we're all good. It was fun. <laughs> and uh, this, this is this is too easy of a setup, but hey, this is me, Jory, popping in at the end of here to uh, add some additional plugs for Chris because uh, he doesn't live near me, so I can't make him come over and plug them again or something. Uh he has a new podcast called Nervous Rex with Joe he- right here on the Orange Groves where they uh, break down each episode of Evangelion and go really deep with uh, discussions on uh, the imagery and what everything means. And it's Chris's first time watching through the series and uh, Joe is re-watching currently. So you can check that right here on the or- Orange Groves. Just search up Nervous Rex on your favorite podcatching app. Yep. Yep. Jory, have you ever watched the anime called One Piece? Yeah, Joe. I watch it for a podcast that we do. B- what? You know, we are watching One Piece. I started watching it so you could rewatch it, and then we talk about it sometimes. I-, I, have, I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, we don't do it super frequently. Once a month at best. Did, did you forget? We analyze the story and discuss the show's themes, characters, compare it to other media, and how it provides an allegory for real-life politics and events. I I must have forgotten. What? Where can I listen to remind myself? You can listen at the Orange Groves Podcast Network or search for We Are Watching One Piece in your favorite podcast app. What's a podcast? 